We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. The other day, I was scammed out of thousands of dollars. And normally when I tell a story, that is not how I start. I usually like to add some kind of twist or surprise at the ending. But this week, I wanted to start out with that sentence. I was scammed out of thousands of dollars. Which feeds right into the question of the podcast. What happens to us when we are wounded by one of these attachment wounds? And so I thought that sharing the story of what happened to me, kind of like the director's editing version of a movie where the director's talking behind the scenes about why they made this decision or what's going on here, I thought that might be helpful for you. Now, this may be information that you already are aware of, and maybe this is new for you. But as I was sitting with a client, talking to them about how trauma works, I found myself relating to this recent story that just happened and found that I was explaining to myself why I was reacting the way I was reacting. And it helped me recognize the trauma of the event. I had been able to say that I had been traumatized, but as I was explaining it to a client, I was able to see just exactly what was going on with me. And so I'd like to share that with you. About 10.30 in the morning, my office manager gave me a message that an officer from the Yuma County Sheriff's Department needed to talk to me about a confidential matter. I am always worried about things like that because I don't know exactly what they're asking. I don't know if they're going to be asking me about a client and I'm not allowed to share any information without the client's consent. And I was concerned about how I might have to explain that to this officer who was calling. When I finally was able to get a hold of the officer, he told me that I had missed an appearance as an expert witness and wondered why I had failed to appear in court. I told him that I had no knowledge of any court date. I asked him what the court date was. I asked him what the court was being held for, and he did not give me any of that information other than the date on which I was supposedly supposed to have appeared in court and then told me that because I had failed to appear in court, there was now a warrant out for my arrest and that they were going to come and arrest me and take me to jail. He then proceeded to say that I needed to come down to the Yuma County Sheriff's Office to, to resolve this issue, 
So I got in my car. Immediately, I left the office. I told my secretary, hey, I am leaving. I don't know when I'll be back. Please cancel all of my appointments. I've got to get this resolved. And off I went to my car. As I'm driving down the road, the officer says, are you on your way to the police department or to the sheriff's office? And I said, absolutely. I need to get this resolved. And he said, well, you need to know that there's a warrant out for your arrest. So the moment that you come here, we will arrest you and we will put you in jail. Now, in that moment, what was happening inside of my brain was my amygdala was just hit. My amygdala, your amygdala, all of our amygdalas are like this little almond-shaped part of our brain that works like the alarm system in, uh, in an alarm in a, in a building. If somebody breaks in, the alarm system hears the sound or something triggers it, and immediately it sends off a signal to the alarm company and to the police that there's a fire or there's a break-in or there's somebody has tripped the alarm. And that's exactly what the amygdala does. So it immediately senses that I am in danger. The officer then proceeds to tell me that me being arrested could result in me being charged with a felony, which would result in me losing my license as a therapist, which would result in me not being able to practice therapy, social work anymore, which would impact my ability to run my business. There would be, I'd have a criminal record for the rest of my life. And I have the amygdala being pit again. I am panicking. What are you talking about? I never signed any agreement. I never signed a subpoena. What are you talking about? And he said, well, can I ask you, uh, two officers came to your place of business on this date and and it indicates that you're the one that signed it. I said, that is not true. I did not do that. Now, what's going on at this point is that my hippocampus has now been activated because my amygdala has been activated. And the hippocampus is the part of your brain that stores memories. You know, I've never been to jail, but I've watched movies about what's happened to people in jail. I've, I've, heard of clients who've been in jail, that does not sound like a place that I really want to be. And already, because I'm panicking that I'm going to lose my license and because I might be in jail and who knows when I, how long I'll be in there, and I'm, I'm terrified at this point, my amygdala is skyrocketing. I am having an absolute trauma response. Now, what happens when we're having a trauma response is that all the blood that normally goes to your prefrontal cortex, that's the part of our brain that helps us be able to think clearly, that's the part of our brain that's able to help us make rational decisions, all of that goes away because in these fight or flight situations, your body thinks that it needs to send your blood to your major organs, your heart, your lungs, your biceps, your quads, so you can fight your way out of the situation or you can run your way out of the situation. And unfortunately, your brain does not believe that your brain is a vital organ. And so all the blood that normally goes to your prefrontal cortex that would help you or me think very clearly when the amygdala is hit, that all goes away. And so now I'm not even thinking clearly. Because honestly, if I had been sitting there for for a moment and really been thinking rationally, I would have said, well, come on down and arrest me. 
And in the meantime, I would have been calling a lawyer. I would have been talking to somebody to get some help. But instead, I'm like, no, you can't arrest me. I can't have this happen to me. And that's exactly when they hooked me. They then told me that I, there was a gag order in place and that if I talked to anybody about what was going on, that would be another violation and I would be charged with further misdemeanor or a felony in that case and that would add to my already awful legal situation. But that the magnanimous judge has made it, a, a, has made it possible for me to be able to resolve this civilly if I pay some money. And the way that they set that up was pretty, pretty uh, sophisticated. I am not going to go into a whole lot of detail about how they did that. Um, but it, it, it involved an ATM machine and me taking money out of my bank account and putting it into another ATM machine that they gave me a code for. They asked me for a specific amount of money, which I, I said, well, I don't want to pay this. This is ridiculous. I, I, I can absolutely guarantee that that's not my signature on this piece of paper. And they said, well, once you've signed it, you can come over to the police station. We can have you sign a piece of paper. We'll have a, we'll have a handwriting expert take a look at your signature, match it to what we have in the file and if it doesn't match then we'll give you all of your money back now if they had told me that i wasn't going to get all of my money back i don't think they i this would have worked uh i'm i think i'm a little bit too tight with money about that kind of stuff and so i don't think it would have worked but because of the lie that they told me that hey you're going to be able to get all your money back i said okay well that's fine so as i'm as i'm sitting waiting to deposit some money in the atm I have a moment to breathe. And one of the things that happens when I am working with clients and they're having a traumatic response is I tell them you need to breathe from your diaphragm. Because what that does is it automatically tells your brain that you're not having an emergency and that everything's going to be okay. And so I'm sitting in my car waiting for my turn to be at the ATM and I'm breathing. And interestingly enough, as I'm breathing and calming down, I have these rational thoughts like, you need to call someone, you need to call a lawyer. Right at that moment, the person on the phone, because I had to keep the phone open the whole time, would say something like, are you there, sir? Remember that if this isn't resolved, you're going to have to go to jail and we really don't want that to happen to you. Or remember, sir, you're not allowed to talk to anybody because if you talk to somebody that will violate the agreement and we'll have to come arrest you right on the spot. And I'm like, whoa. So as I'm breathing and I'm having rational thoughts, immediately they would say something and it would hit the amygdala again. And this happened up and down, up and down for several hours until finally they bled me dry with my money. And then they told me that I was going to, now that it was all done, I was able to go to the police station and sign the document. Lo and behold, the person who was supposedly going to check my signature had gone for the day and I was going to have to follow up with them the next day. After the phone call was over, I called one of my friends and I said, I'm not sure I'm even allowed to talk to you right now. Maybe I will go to jail if I talk to you, but I need some help. And as I began to give her the details, 
She said, Troy, something is not right. What was the name of the judge? And I told her the name of the judge. And she said, Troy, that judge was shot several years ago during during a, a shootout in Tucson. That judge isn't even alive. They've named the courthouse after him. And that's when the bells and whistles started to go off for her. And as I'm sitting in my car, I realize that I was scammed. So I went to the police department and filed a report. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that they're going to do because they told me that this happens to millions of people every day. There was so many emotions that came up for me. Anger, because a betrayal wound had been stood up for me. I was angry because I could have been spending time in my office helping people with their mental health issues. And instead, I am being played by these really great scammers. They know exactly what they're doing and wasting my time and money when I could have been helping somebody. And I was really angry about that. As I'm sitting with that anger and that betrayal, guess who showed up? The shadows of shame. The judge showed up and told me, I can't believe you fell for that. Are you a freaking idiot? You should have known. You should have known what was going on. Can't you look back now and see all those clues, all the different little things that they said here and there that would have given you a clue that this wasn't the right thing to do and that you just, you just fell for it, you sucker. You are stupid. Oh, that shame. The impotent one showing up and saying, yeah, you just can't trust anybody. And that was amplified, by the way, when I was speaking to the police officer. And the police officer said, well, who would do this to you? Who do you know that would do this to you? Him asking that question made me become very suspicious. I began thinking about the people in my office. Could I trust them? Friends, could I trust them? It made me become very suspicious of everybody. It turns out that it's a scam that happens all over the country and that I'm not the only victim. Other therapists in my area have had it happen to them. So it wasn't the personal attack. But just that in and of itself gave fuel to the impotent one who says he can't really trust anybody. No people are good. The world is awful. As I'm sitting with it now and telling you the story, I can see just how my brain went into the fight or flight response. And by the time I was done, I was exhausted. No longer was I in the fight or flight response, but I had dropped down to a place of just shutdown. I was not in a place where I really could talk to anybody. I just wanted to veg out in front of the television and not think about anything. I just didn't want to be anywhere at any time. Luckily, I was able to breathe and people were able to provide support for me and I was able to pull myself back into a place of neutrality. But I had a deeper understanding and compassion for people who are traumatized on a day-to-day -day basis. Even now, as I'm driving down the road and I see the ATM where I fed money into it to these scammers, my amygdala is woken up and my hippocampus begins to play out some of the things that I did that day. 
remembering how the wind was blowing and what it was doing to my hair and how the people seemed to be taking a really long time. And all of that just brings back that trauma. And then I have to remember, Troy, you have skills to be able to work through this. And so I breathe and I talk to my shadows of shame and say, thank you. I know you were just trying to protect me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in my suffering. Practicing those mindfulness moments, I'm not alone in my suffering. I know that millions of other people are scammed on a day-to-day basis. I began sharing my story with others, and they began to tell me how they'd been scammed. Scammed out of thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And although I felt bad for their misery and wished that that hadn't happened to them, I also felt comfort that they understood what I was going through. So I'm sharing this with you on this podcast because I want you to understand that this is just an example of how we can be traumatized, whether it's a wound that is created because of the decisions of somebody else or it's a wound that is reopened because of someone else. It can absolutely trigger a traumatic response. And part of the healing is being able to tell a different story. The three core beliefs, if you remember, are there's something wrong with me, I can't trust the world, and there's nothing I can do about it. In this situation, I was able to identify that there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not alone, and there are people that I can trust. And I can do what I can do. I can file a report. I can cooperate with the law enforcement as much as possible. And in the end, there may not be anything else that they're able to do, but I did my part. And I have to find a way to be at peace with that. I want you to know that whatever the wound is that you are struggling with, whether it's loss, neglect, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, or abuse, those messages that are wired into your nervous system that tell you that there's something wrong with you, or you can't depend on anybody, or no one will show up for you, or you are powerless, I want you to know that you're not alone with those belief systems. I also want you to know that you are worthy of love and belonging. There are people on this planet who can understand and can be there for you in trusting ways. And you have the choice to be able to do something different. It may not happen right away. You may not figure it out right away, just like me, didn't figure it out for several hours. But if you lean into the discomfort and be willing to open up and be vulnerable and share with somebody that you trust, I believe that healing happens and peace can be found. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to troylove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.